doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. And I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. in these arts for over 50 years. Diana, welcome to Uncomfortable. Thank you, Eric. How are you, dear? Fine, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, so here we are, season of the witch. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite time of year, actually. Everything spooky and ooky, and um, that actually kind of plays into... Uh, in some small segment, why you reached out to me to begin with, and yeah, I would uh, I would like for you to uh, kind of recap for the listeners what uh, what you contacted me about. Okay, well, I contacted you. I've contacted other people through the years when um, I hear things that I, I feel like might be troubling, but what I'm uh, was talking to you about was where if people portray witches as dark and demonic and dealing with blood all the time, it makes the masses afraid of them. And on YouTube videos, I see these, I watch Randonautica videos, um, and I notice that a lot of them have a stage thing and it took me a while watching it. I was like, are they running into teenagers playing, you know, playing it being some kind of ritual, you know, in the woods and there's always fake blood around and, you know, they'll have skulls around or what, you know, some animal skull or, you know, something to make it creepy and act like sure. these people are up to no good, 
you know, in the woods all over America. And it's really staged for the viewers, you know, to, to get them, you know, more likes and more subscribers. And, you know, it's a fun ride, but what they're not doing is letting the public know. They're not really stumbling on all these witches or Satanists or whatever they want to call it, you know, every time you turn around. Okay. And they're putting it in such a bad light, you know, as if, you know, we're going around killing animals and, you know, just, you know, doing a bunch of bad things that we're not doing because all the Satanists I know are pretty much atheists and I've been a practicing witch for 50 years and I've been around a lot of other witches, a lot of other, you know, traditions of witches. And I don't see what these things are portraying. You know, when they have gatherings, when they have even public rituals or private rituals, there's not a bunch of blood. Yeah, they might be wearing, you know, black cloaks. And part of that, if you're doing it outdoors, is to stay out of the public's eye because people will freak out and maybe hurt us. So you kind of want to be invisible, you know, if you're out outdoors doing something. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's the mystique of it. You know, you feel more magical when you're wearing the garb sometimes. That makes but, sense. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, if somebody's, you know, like I've had circles in my backyard at my old residence, you know, if my neighbors happened to see me, they would, you know, start yelling and slamming doors and, you know, you don't want that in the middle of your religious ritual. Right. You know, you don't want people, you know, throwing rocks at you. And unfortunately I feel like the climate in the past few years has gotten where people feel they can abuse others more readily you know, we have the Karens, you know, that, you know, yell at uh, people of color, but they'll also yell at us, you know, if they see a pentagram or any kind of clue, you know, that they think we're different, you know, we're subject to be under attack as well. Well, there's, there's two things I want to, I want to touch on what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. One being the tolerance, you know, because in today's climate, uh, even though you say that, you know, um, actions seem to be, um, being more directed towards you, know, you and other practitioners. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a dichotomy because, you know, aren't we just constantly being bombarded with, um, needing to be more accepting of everyone, even if they identify as something that we don't understand or, um, choose to live a lifestyle that is, what most people would think is odd. We're, Mm -hmm. we're told now that, you know, you have to have an open mind and you have to be accepting of everybody and everybody has rights and they do. Um, as far as accepting somebody that is a a practicing, witch, I would Mm -hmm. think, I would think that that would be kind of down on the lower level of things that people would get, uh, antsy about as far as what we're told we have to accept nowadays. The other thing is you, you, you specifically said, um, people looking at you in your backyard doing a religious practice. And Mm -hmm. I want, and I wanted to touch on that because when you say religious to to me, 
when you use the word religion in whatever context, it makes it makes me think that there is a belief in a creator. And but you said most most practitioners you know are atheists. And atheists. No, I said most Satanists that I know are atheists. Oh, okay, I misunderstood then. Yeah, not okay. not witches. Okay, so is, can you can you go into the religious beliefs of witches? I mean, is that? Yeah. Now, in when you say witches, it's kind of like saying um, witches or paganism is like saying Christianity. Like you have different sects of Christianity. You have the Baptists. You have the uh, Catholics. You have um, you know, just different forms right. of it. Sure. You know, they're they're using the the same basis, but they vary off in their own like their own interpretations of the Bible or what whatever. Um, their own way they want to practice. So uh with witches it's you know, a large field, just like it is with Christianity. But the basis is generally that there's a like that the creator is both a female and male and yet none at the same time, you know? So a lot of times you'll, we see the personification as man-made. We make the interface of the gods. We put a mask on it so we can relate to it because it's something that's so big that you can't really wrap your head around it. I got you. I got you. And I'm an animist and a lot of witches are animists. So we see that God energy or goddess energy in everything, you know, every blade of grass, every person, everything. Are you saying that that, the wind, that is a, a, a visual, a recognizable thing that is visual to you? Uh, it's not that it's visual as much as because it's alive, it has God force in it. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. That that's how we're all living is because of the God force, which is really, you know, so big you can't wrap your mind around it. And a lot of times we honor it through the interface of God and goddess. So are, are your beliefs more universal or do you, th- or are your beliefs more um, tethered to us being a, a special creature on this world? No, I think we have more intelligence than a lot of other creatures or other creatures might have better intelligence in other ways than we do, but, you know, we're more the the building kind. You know, we can make technology. We can make houses. We can, you know, our, our way of thinking is different from other creatures. Right. Because that's the way that, that the God force is expressing itself through us. Where the God force is expressing itself differently through the trees 
for the animals, you know, the various animals and stuff. It's almost like the God Force is having the experience of everything and has implanted itself, you know, kind of stretched itself out into these different things that may not, on a conscious level, recognize that each of them is part of the same, Hmm. if that makes sense. So are you saying that all of all of what you recognize as the God force, all of that is in each and each and every individual living thing on this planet. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. I thought that's where you were going. Yeah. So, what about <laughs> but that, I, it know, has, that? It wears a mask as that thing. So it may not realize like if I call up the winds, I'm going to use, if I use the spirit's name at all, I'm going to use the name of the, the wind. Okay. I'm not going to say God. I'm going to use the individualized name, the the interface name, because the interface is how what I am can relate to that part of it. So instead of staring at something that is, is as huge and as vast as our cosmos, you are putting a mask on it so that you can address it as a smaller entity. Right. Okay. As a specific aspect of it. Gotcha. I've never had a chance to ask this. What uh, is, I don't know if you can answer for your entire community or if this is as varied as it is throughout non, non witch communities. Um, (laughs) What, what are your thoughts on uh, life outside of this planet? Extraterrestrials, interdimensional, yeah, I for sure can't answer for my entire community because everybody differs on it. But, yeah, I pers- personally believe there's other entities. I believe there's entities outside of this planet. I also believe that there are other dimensions um, where there may be other life forms. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's all part of that same whole. Right. It's all tethered together. Therefore, I will treat, you know, if now I have gone into a portal before and I didn't meet any life forms. But if I did, I would treat them with respect and not go to attack them, even if they look scary to me. Now, I might run away because they look scary to me. But, but I'm, you know, if I was carrying a gun, I'm not going to go to shoot them immediately, you know, just because they scare me. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because if there's not a threat to my life, why should I meet something new that I've never met before on the attack? Well, and I guess, I mean, this kind of circles back to what your original comments were to me in in your first email. As far as, you know, just because something might be different or look different or look scary doesn't necessarily mean it is. And why would you go after it in an aggressive manner? So, um let's let's kind of i'm sorry i went off on the extraterrestrial tangent there oh um, that's right let's let's kind of get back to why you contact me to be, to begin with um you know with the your uh, your fear of today's climate and mm-hmm. and the intolerance of um people such as yourself has there been a, a, a rise that you've been uh, made aware of in, in like violent acts towards them or, um, you know, like are people trying to out you and 
I guess I don't know. Um, there must be some catalyst behind why you emailed me. Are there are there factions of people that are going after trying to out people as being witches and and take their livelihoods away from them or stuff like that or is this this just something that your your concern could be on the horizon because of the way things are going yeah the way um i don't feel like i'm being outed on a personal level but um yeah, many podcasts also, they try and allude to, you know, oh, witchcraft, that's dark, you know, they're evil, they're demonic or whatever. And that is a problem because a lot of these people um, who are, you know, listening to this are eating it up thinking that we're all that way. And lately, in the past couple of years, um, I know that there was a big event in New Orleans, you know, because... Um, in the community that I'm in, you know, like the witchcraft slash pagan community, um, you know, in different areas, they'll host different what they call gatherings generally. And that's where, you know, they have it's kind of like a Bigfoot conference or something like that. But where, you know, people of the same basic beliefs can all get together and there's vendors there and there's, you know, lectures and, you know, usually a ritual or two, you know, that everybody can participate in. And it's just a way, you know, to get together with others and, you know, share ideas and whatever. And um, a couple of years ago, uh, one in New Orleans, they were uh, the hotel, the, at the hotel where the people were staying, the guests, you know, that the attendees were staying, they received uh, threatening flyers from some Christian folks. And, you know, it was threatening enough apparently i don't know exactly what it said but that it had people feeling nervous staying in that hotel uh -huh. there's also in uh i understand in a recent event in brooklyn uh there were protesters there because this one was i guess partly outside or something and uh the police allowed the protesters to come in close and start kicking over the people's you know vending stuff and oh. yeah there's been where Years ago, you know, I used to go to these gatherings and I never saw anything like that. You know, we were left alone, even in Georgia. And Georgia's known to be a red state, but, you know, they were tall, you know, pretty much tolerant, you know, of people being, you know, different. And it's like, they don't bother us. We won't bother them kind of attitude. But I think with people trying to use witches and witchcraft and magic and, you know, other magical practitioners as, fodder for views or listeners you know they they're twisting it up to make it what it is on hollywood and everybody knows hollywood's hollywood is fake you know but right. when they're hearing things on a podcast or they're seeing something on youtube they might think this is legit and you know they might start being afraid that you know someone's going to send evil spirits after them or whatever and it's like yeah, we could, we're, but we're, we have better things to do, you know, which, you know, can send a spirit after somebody, but I don't even know any that have done that. It's like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you will do something. Understood. 
Now, you, you also made the comment, uh, I think it was either in our previous phone call or in one of the emails about um, people misinterpreting. Um, specifically, you said magical systems and saying that they are not a cult. And, then yes. you, and, you, and you drew some pretty specific uh, differences. Um, first of all, if you could explain to me what magical systems are. It sounds like there's a, a variety of different um, magical practices. Oh, yes. You know, you have um, what's considered occultists, and there's also a wide variety of them. Uh, you know, but, let, me, let me interrupt you real quick. It, oh, while, sure. while, you're, while you're telling these, if, uh -huh. if you can, if there is a difference between some of the different segments that you're about to tell us and some are viewed as being dark and scary versus the not dark and scary, if you could draw attention to those so that we would know the difference. Okay. <laughs> you know, just okay. kind of like a witchcraft for uh, idiots. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, witchcraft, I mean, if an outsider sees it, they might think it's dark and scary. I mean, we use these little charcoal briskets for the incense, and I lit one in front of someone who um, wasn't a magical practitioner in any way and had not been exposed to it. And that was just to burn the incense on, but she thought it was all something dark and spooky because it, <laughs> it glows, you know, has little... Uh, Embers. The little amber, yeah, that crawls across the disc, you know, as it's catching yeah. fire. And then, um, you know, it'll turn into a gray ash when it's ready to put the incense on. But she thought that was dark and spooky because she came from a Christian background, a Baptist background, where, you know, was not exposed to it. So it's like even something as minor as lighting a little charcoal brisket, she thought that it was magic. You know, she thought I was doing something <laughs> yeah. and it's because of her interpretation because she had not been exposed to it. And that's how it is with a lot of, um, outsiders versus magical people. And, uh, when I said magical systems, there is, you know, witchcraft, there's paganism, uh, which sometimes pagans, uh, look like they're doing something magical, but sometimes they're not. They're just worshiping. Um, then you have other magical systems that are more labeled occultists, you know, and they'll do like the high ceremonial magic. Um, they now, might work with the 72 demons that are from the Lesser Key of Solomon. So I would assume the occultists, that is when you start venturing into the darker side of things? Not in my opinion, because no. they're usually doing something to make changes within themselves. A lot of times their goal is to have that spirit help them make changes within themselves. Say, say somebody was after wealth. They might call on um, a certain spirit from the 72 that will help them open avenues. I've called on Boone myself, which is out of the 72 to help me get pat, you know, to get more money and get past some, some of my blocks. And 
I thought, you know, something was just going to start jiving and happening. But what started happening was a book I never heard of suddenly started popping in my face all over the place. And it addresses getting rid of blocks for you to have better, you know, a better relationship with wealth. Okay. Um, the spirit stuck the book in my <laughs> in my face until I finally broke down and bought it. And then I quit seeing ads for it. It quit popping up everywhere. And me being the lazy person that I am sometimes, I never actually worked through the book. I started reading it and I was like, ah, that's too much work. <laughs> I put it down. No, I find it I find it interesting that when you when you started off on this uh, when you started off on this subject you referred to them as demons and mm-hmm. the, and the 72 but since mm-hmm. since you first said demons you've referred to them as spirit um so for i would think a large portion of the people listening um are probably not magic practitioners and when you use the word demon there is going to be a connotation that that is an evil spirit yeah how do, okay. how does that differ in in your beliefs. All right. In my beliefs, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that are being labeled demons. The 72 in my beliefs were uh, almost like a lot of them may have been like demigods, you know, like just more powerful spirits. They weren't evil. They, they were tutelary spirits you know, if you look through it, you know, they'll teach you herbs. They'll teach you astrology. They'll teach you things. Were they flesh and blood at one time? I don't think so. No, I think they were always spirits. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, using the word demon, you know, everybody knows the 72 demons, I think, but, um, you know, because that's how it's labeled in there, but demons actually, the word demons actually comes from the word, the Greek word daemon, which is D-A-I-M-O-N. And that was often a tutelary spirit or a helpful spirit. Uh, Sometimes they would say that we're born with two of them. And one is the one kind of like the good angel on your shoulder. And the other one's the bad one that tells you to do bad things. You know, that you have the good one and the bad one whispering in your ear saying, do this. And the other one's like, no, you do that. You know, yeah. do this instead kind of thing. And then it's up to you to make your decision. You know, are you going to do the right thing? Are you going to do the wrong thing? So but, by, by that statement, I have to assume that. So within your standards, within within the standards of practicing magic, mm-hmm. there are rights and wrongs. Oh, yeah. There, there's not just this free reign of doing whatever the hell it is you feel like doing. No, no. We all just because we're not Christian doesn't mean we don't have morals. You know? Well, that that, that I, I guess you could extrapolate that from that. Uh, that's not what I was getting at. And and oh. and believe me, when I ask these questions, I'm asking them from the standpoint of playing the devil's advocate. Um, yeah, that's fine. Because you know we, I'm I'm interested. I want to know these things. Mm-hmm. Um. So is there a is there some sort of a governing body, uh, whether it be a, a literal council or whether it be a, um, a, uh, um, some sort of a text that dictates what is acceptable and what is crossing the line for you guys? No, 
Now, if you're talking about like in comparison to the Bible or something now. Because I guess, you know, I I guess the point I'm getting at is if you have a, a, you know, a a significant amount of the population who is doing this kind of stuff. Okay. Without some kind of, um, without some kind of standards of right and wrong, is it just left up to the person's the practitioner themselves, is it left up to their moral standards of what they feel is acceptable or not acceptable? Or is it a pretty clear cut line of when you dabble with something that is kind of crossing the line onto, you probably shouldn't be doing this, but you are anyway. Yeah. It's up to the individual. And, and that's something when, you know, we were going to talk about cults that it's ridiculous to call witchcraft a cult because Everybody does their own thing. Mm -hmm. So basically it's whatever personal morals and ethics you have. It's not, you know, that you have to do it because some book told you to, you know, we don't have that. Um, But most of us, you know, um, you know, most people when left to their own devices do have ethics and morals and a lot of them, you know, care about others and, you know, certainly don't want to just go willy nilly, you know, hurting people for not, no reason. Now, if somebody tries to hurt me, I'm going to use whatever I can for my defense and, you know, make sure I'm okay. So, you know, if I have to spray pepper spray at an attacker or, or, you know, throw some energy at him to make him back off, I'm going to do what I need to do. Well, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I, that's, yeah, you've got to protect yourself. Um, so at, at the point that case in point at, at that point, somebody, somebody does something to you, whether it's in, uh, personal, you know, with invading your personal space or whether it's somebody that has done something to you either online or, you know, in, uh, in a store or something, you know, um, if, if you make the decision to, to coin your phrase, throw energy at them. Mm-hmm. The the two that we're born with, the the one on the good shoulder and the one on the bad shoulder. Mm-hmm. Which one of those two are you calling on to throw that energy? Well, I'm not really calling on them. I was just using that example. That's from the Greek. I don't really believe that I have that. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just something from the Greek. They was that uh, I, I had read that they they you. said that they would sometimes say, but um, yeah, it would to me energy is like electricity, and we all have it, and it's also the God force. So if I need to protect myself using negative energy, mm. I'm going to use it. You know, just like electricity can be used, you know, to kill a man or you know cook your dinner, or bring it's a man the same back energy. To yeah, exactly. So it's all at our disposal, but it's how we use it. So it's not like I'm going to go to dark energy to do something dark or light energy to do something light. It's all the same energy. So I'm going to use just what I can tap into, you know, through my through myself. See, and that's one of the misgivings that I had. I would have thought and you know, up until this point, that's the way my mind worked was that 
you know your head your head space needs to be in a in a light space if you're going to be doing something that's for good and if you are dabbling with doing something that maybe isn't quite as good you would have to venture into a darker headspace i did not <coughs> i did not ever look at it as just being the same uh, the same energy just the intent behind how you used it well for instance i you know i do hex if i need to and as an example, somebody was stealing from me, you know, stealing my money repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. I tried everything on the physical level that I could to deal with it and get it to stop happening. This was at a job and the boss was the one doing the stealing. And, you know, I tried going over her head, you know, to, to stop the stealing. So I did a hex of sorts. Uh to get her moved out of that position. You know, I was, I didn't care if she lost her job and was homeless or if she got a better job, you know, where she can either keep stealing from others and it's their problem or not be in a position to steal from anybody. I did not care what happened to her. I just wanted her uh, out of I my got, area. I got you. That makes, so, that makes sense. Yeah, so I was somewhat, I guess, in a negative headspace that I was angry and finally putting my foot down. I was like, okay, enough. You know, just enough. And the spell that I did, you know, removed her. She got caught for stealing <laughs> from the company. Now, they, they didn't care. The company didn't care that she was stealing from the employees. But when they found out she was stealing from the company, that was a different story. Yeah. But she ended up getting something she liked even better, and I don't think she was in a position to steal from people. So it all worked out, and I don't harbor any, you know, like seething anger at her or whatever. You know, it's just, okay, I handled it. It's done, you know? So like, so, like a hex, like you're talking about there. Uh -huh. um, so are there... Are there recorded textbooks of of these hexes and and different spells and stuff like that, or is it more of like what you were saying earlier? It's it's based on the intent and the the individual. Are you creating your own, or is there is there a step by step process that you're going through that has been something that you it was a learned process? Uh, well, I've been at this so long that I am using, I guess, basic learned processes to a degree, but I made up the spell myself. I, on that one, I had, I'm not going to tell you everything I did in it, but I basically made a flower, a snake out of a flower. You know how you can make clay out of flower? Yeah. And then I cut the snake snake's head off in a ritual and took it off my property and buried it. And then I made a new snake head that I put a, a note in that this person will be fair and reasonable and, you know, not a thief. And, <laughs> and stuck that in the new snake head and attached it to my, my snake and buried that whole thing on my property. But, uh, yeah, it was basic, you know, I, I know the basics of magic, of course, so I was able to, you know, follow the steps and know at what point I do what. And then, 
but the actual spell I made up myself. Okay. And I think in one of your emails, you said something of, uh, um, you equated it to baking a cake and if all the, yeah. in, all the ingredients are not, um, correct, then you just make a mess. So yeah. can you, can you touch on, um, either, either somebody you've known that has made a mess of things or an instance that you're <laughs> I've aware done of it in my early years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. What is it when you don't get all the ingredients, right? What happens? <laughs> well, it depends on what you're doing, but I've had, uh, and I don't remember what spell it was, but I remember it came back hard on me, whatever it was. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I missed my target and it came back on me, you know, and that's when I was still a teenager and still learning. But um, there was another time I was doing a love spell with a friend of mine and she was she was doing a love spell for one person. I was doing a love spell for another person. And part of this this particular ritual was to be drinking a certain tea. Well, she and I were sitting across from each other while we're doing the spell and drinking the tea. And then she was like, this is wrong. I'm starting to get feelings for you. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm feeling a little warmer towards you too. Maybe we better stop doing this. You know? <laughs> but yeah, just like learning a musical instrument, you know, you need to learn, you know, there's so many people out there these days on Witch Talk and everywhere that, you know, want to read a meme and think they're a witch. And there's, you know, certain things you need to learn. You need to learn your own energy. You need to learn the energy around you. You need to learn how to draw energy. You need to learn how to release energy and send energy. And um, then you need to learn to commune with the spirits around you, you know, be it, you know, your house spirits. Most of us have house spirits, whether we try to get them or not. And, uh, the spirits on the land around you because they all interact with you whether you realize they do or, or not you know it's just part of part of life yeah you know it's like you breathe air you know you have spirits around you and they're going to interact with you to a certain degree not that they're going to you know target you and do something but you know you're all living you know they're going to try and live in harmony together so that's why if you, you know, buy a piece of property and start chopping down trees, you might find yourself getting some troubles because you might have upset the land spirits there. Right. Are, are, the, are all the spirits, well, I think you already answered that, um, like the spirits that surround us on a daily basis, whether they're in our houses or outdoors or in the woods when we're hiking or anything like that, are they all predominantly human spirit or, or is there, no. is there a difference? No, they're their own, they're their own spirit. Now, you might run into some that, you know, people call fairies or fae or the good neighbors. And they're all, now those are in human form most of the time. And they're also part of nature. But then you also have the the spirit of the, the plants, which is a little different. It's like, the you know, the good neighbors are dwellers within the land 
but they may not be the land. Okay, so just for my own edification. Um, so, so spirits that take on a, um, a human-ish form, say Fae mm-hmm. or, or stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, they still have a, uh, a cognizant thought process. They can... They can interact. They can decide to do something. They can decide not to do something. When you talk about the other types of spirit that, you know, like dwell within living things, but like trees and and grass Mm -hmm. and flowers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Do those have the ability for cognizant thought and interaction? I think they do. Yeah, I think they have cognizant thought and, uh, oh, what was that book? I'm sorry, the name of the book is escaping me, but they were talking about uh, some scientists were putting electrodes on just a house plant and the plant would react even if they just thought about hurting it. And I know for a fact uh, this is something that anybody can try. If you put your hands over the leaves of a plant, you know, or a tree outside or plant outside, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, put it just like a couple of inches, two or three inches away from the leaf and send pure love to that tree or plant or whatever it is, a lot of times when you take your hand away, it'll start, the, the leaf will start waving like it, like it received the message and like it's trying to interact. Yeah. I, you know, now that you mentioned that I've seen a couple of videos that, and I mean, quite honestly, somebody could have had a piece of fishing line tied to the, the tree limb and been pulling it off, you know, off camera. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was doing just that they were, uh, they were interacting with uh, like a low-lying limb off of a tree and, mm-hmm. and a small branch of leaves. And it mm-hmm. started it started to actually move closer to the person that was standing there. Like it was trying to get closer to him. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I, I am a skeptic at most things. So, I'll try you, it. You know. <laughs> That, Try that, would, that would be that would be interesting to see if that uh, that really worked. Yeah, I've even had it happen with an indoor plant. That's where I was actually starting because when I was starting that that practice, uh, it was winter time, and you know there weren't leaves on the trees outside, and also it was cold to stand around out there and windy, and you know. So I started on an indoor house plant, and it's like. Oh, this is really nice, you know, and that particular plant, when it came um, spring, they very rarely bloom, but uh, that spring, it gave me beautiful blooms. I think I got seven blooms out of it. Hmm. So it was like with me sending it love like that, it, it was, you know, not just responding, you know, with waving the leaves, but it responded by giving me beautiful blooms. Is it? I guess that would make sense. I mean, you know, some people... They can have houseplants that 
thrive for years and years and years and you have other people that can't keep anything alive in a pot to save their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they they tell you to rub the leaves and, you know, talk to it or play music or stuff like that when you're watering them. Is mm-hmm. that is that play into the, the same thing you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interaction with them and it's a happy interaction. You know, it's not a, you know, oh, you stupid plant, you're in my way. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know, something like that. You know, you're, you're doing something in a loving way towards them and, and they get it. You know, it's us humans that have trouble understanding them. And I don't know if it's true or not, because I saw it on online um, about um, some scientists discovering that trees communicate through their roots and you know, make a, you know, with certain equipment, you can hear the, the mm-hmm. singing of it. Yeah. And uh, I'm not positive if that's true or not, but I find it interesting because in hoodoo practice, which is uh, uh, American folk magic uh, based on the ATRs, African traditional religion, uh, you find it mostly in the southern U.S., but they have... Uh, certain spells, if you want to call it that, that they do, that to send a message to somebody, you can tell a tree or um, write a note and tie it to a tree limb and that the tree, you know, will tell other trees and tell other trees until they get the message to the person that you're wanting to contact you. Really? Mm-hmm. How interesting. I've never heard that. I, I, I have heard of what you're talking about, about putting some type of sensors in a, in a uh, associating a um, musical tone to certain energies that are measured off of living plants. Mm-hmm. I've seen it done with house plants. I've seen it done with, I think, uh, even mushrooms. And I have not seen it with the trees, but it all, all falls in line with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And they they create a a... For all intents and purposes, they create a song out of musical tones that are associated to different varying frequencies of energy that are coming from the plant. So, mm-hmm. wow, that's interesting. I've got a couple of messages I want to send. Maybe I might do it by tree. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm laughing, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's one of the things. Um, that can be done. So let's, let's circle back a little bit. Um, you know, back in the 1980s, mm-hmm. there was what was called the satanic panic. Yes. Um, you know, and it, it had some far reaching tendrils. I mean, it was from everything from rock music to, you know, got just a number of things. Um, do you see that that's something that seems like it's there's an uptick of that? Is it back uh, kind of an upswing in that kind of attitude? Yeah, there seems to be, and uh, even some of the psychics in in the community are warning people. It's like y'all might want to stop being so public. You might want to start laying low for a while because it's coming, and you know. That that's coming from the psychics, but also yeah, the the like the attacks on the events. I also have a friend that um, 
has recently been verbally attacked um, when she was in a flea market, you know, because she wears a pentagram. I usually don't wear pentagrams that, you know, I'll wear symbols that people don't understand. So, you know, but because of Hollywood and, you know, all the misinformation about the pentagram, people see a pentagram and freak out. And a lot of times, yeah, they might vandalize your car. You know, they might go outside and key your car if they know which car is yours or, you know, try and, you know, make a fuss and embarrass you while you're just trying to shop or who knows, maybe even follow you home. You know, you just don't know what people are capable of. And it makes it scary because, you know, you don't want to, be shot, which would be the worst one, but you know, it could happen. You know, someone might think, Oh, I'm going to take out the evil. Let me shoot this person. And all because they heard something, you know, either on a podcast that they, you know, too many podcasts, if they're portraying us as bad, you know, the listeners are going to think we're bad. And, you know, on the, Randonautica type, you know, videos or whatever. They're not saying it's for entertainment purposes only. So people think they're really running into this. They don't realize it's stage. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are, it seems like it's going on the rise. You know, the people that are providing the entertainment, you know, it's a hot topic. It's something people like to listen to. People like getting scared. People want to hear about, you know, the, Big bad witch, you know, that's stealing all their kids for the flying ointment. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> they like they like the 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 little rush that it gives them, you know, you know, that that fear rush, you know, but then when they see somebody, you know, in a cloak of all you know, things or wearing a pentagram or, you know, that person might suddenly be in danger depending on the individual that believe the entertainment. Support for Uncomfortable is brought to you by Manscaped, the best precision-engineered tools for your men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. You can join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code UNCOMFORTABLE22, all uppercase, manscaped.com manscaped has provided me with their performance package 4.0 so i might give you the listener my honest opinion about their products what they didn't realize is i've been using their products since the release of the lawnmower 2.0 a few years ago i absolutely love this company's products the new lawnmower 4.0 complete with two different length guards and replaceable ceramic blades its new ergonomic design is waterproof rechargeable and now houses an onboard led light for those hard to see areas the Lawnmower 4.0 shows off their new skin safe technology and greatly reduces the possibility of nicks and scrapes in those squatchy areas. The 600 milliamp battery allows for up to 90 minutes of use between charges. The grip even has a battery charge indicator and locking feature so it won't turn on in your travel bags. All the packages even include disposable shaving mats. Guys, they've literally thought of everything. Once you've knocked down that uncomfortable overgrowth, it's time to freshen things up down there with a couple of spritzes of Manscaped's Crop Reviver with Aloe and Witch Hazel Extracts to protect and soothe. Then finally, a couple of dabs of Crop Preserver Deodorant to help keep you dry, reduce chafing, and make you smell like a well-groomed biped. I use these products daily, my friends, and believe me when I say, your boys will thank you. 
The kit also comes with the rechargeable weed whacker, this waterproof replaceable dual blade rotary trimmer, complete with skin safe technology and stainless steel tips, the weed whacker makes short work of annoying nose and ear hair. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts with their performance package, the Manscaped Premium Stretch Anti-Chafing Boxers, and the Shed, a perfectly sized travel bag to house all of your Manscaped products. Whether things got a little too hairy during your last expedition, or you just want to look and feel your best for that next ET visitation or full-figured apparition, get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNCOMFORTABLE22 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code UNCOMFORTABLE22, all uppercase, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Now, you listened to my dinner with a witch. Yes. And that kind of was the prompt for you to reach out to me, correct? Correct. Okay. So you you sent your email and I I merely said that perhaps you were taking something somewhat out of context because correct. what I was trying to do was relay to people what my what my uh, experience at Susan's was, and right. it happened to be scary. <laughs> you know, um, the the imagery that was in her room and and the whole you know seeing a, a ghost arm reach through the door, um, getting hit with some kind of crazy uh energy that seemingly came from a, a sasquatch call and then her shifting into a younger version of herself right mm -hmm. there in front of me um mm -hmm. all the things happened uh i was not being disingenuous in any way mm -hmm. um it was a it was a profound three hours that I spent with that woman. Um, there were a number of things that happened throughout that episode um, from, from the time she opened the door till my drive home. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I think, you know, where I'm going with this is uh, you made reference to a specific type of magic uh, being, right. being sex magic. Mm -hmm. And, I'd like for you to kind of cover what you heard, what you heard my perception of what was happening to me during the time I spent with her in your eyes as a practicing witch. Can you tell me, and it's a very popular episode for my show. I know. <laughs> so, I think a lot of people would like to hear what somebody's outside perception is of, of the things that were going on there uh, with, with regards to what I was feeling and seeing. Would you mind doing that? Oh, no, not at all. But I also want to say that the reason why I reached out to you is you were trying to guide her, it seemed, to say that her protector and her energy came from a dark source. And I was like, you know, that was, that was, the part that bothered me and, um and i and i'll i'll say this uh, not in defense of myself but just you know i i was because my my opinion at the time 
was that it would naturally have had to have been from a darker side just because of what I was aware of up until uh-huh. that point. You know what I mean? I wasn't, yeah. I was in no way, shape or form trying to um, make her seem scarier or evil. Um, it was just, that was all I knew at the point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've learned a, a considerable amount about the practice since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have a lot of questions as far as what was being done to me while I was in her presence. Mm-hmm. So, okay. With the shimmer that the shimmer part makes me think that when, when you saw her either become young or mm-hmm. go back to normal, there was a shimmer yeah. that, that makes me think it could have been aided by a spirit, but there is a practice called glamor. Uh, sometimes it's called fascination where a person will change their looks magically. And I've only been able to do it to change my eye color. You know, she, she's exceptional (laughs) at her magic to be (laughs) changing her whole, uh, body. (laughs) Well, her entire look to eliminate clothing and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really exceptional. And I can tell you, I can't pull that off, but, um, yeah, it was, you know, I don't know that what she was doing was sex magic because fascination and glamor are not a sex magic, but I've been around, I am not a sex magic practitioner. And when I've run into sex magic practitioners, there has been a certain something that seems chaotic uh, and it's not my cup of tea it it just doesn't feel right to me but it's probably just not right for me can you explain what you mean by I mean I know what chaotic means but Uh as as far as chaotic in in what sense well okay um I have to give an example. My husband and I, while we were, well, we're still really not married. (laughs) We've been together 30 years. But um, when we were earlier in our relationship, we had gone to a Halloween party that was full of magical people. And apparently a good part of the people were uh, sex magicians. And the air, when we went in there, felt thick. And the energy in there was like all over the place. Like just, I don't know how to describe it other than chaotic. And my man who, you know, acted like he loved me dearly. Some woman set her sights on him and suddenly he was totally ignoring me. He was all about her. He was sitting real close to her. And then went in the other room and was grinding her for, you know, no apparent reason. And that was going on with other couples. And then it it was just weird. Uh-huh. And it was apparently a coven and they were trying to get new people into their coven. And I guess that's why they had the sex magic going so hot and heavy. Because I'm, I'm going to assume that they did this 
magic before they arrived at the party in order to get more people in their coven, you know, more recruits kind of thing. So guys coming in there thinking every time I hang out with these people, it's going to be like this and I'm going to be getting laid on a regular basis. So, uh, I'm going to join up with them. Well, maybe, you know, but if there's an attraction to the people there, then, uh, um, you know, it's going to make somebody want to join, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I like these people, you know, they're cool. And my hut, my call him my husband, but (laughs) he did not remember what happened at all. And we hadn't even drank yet. I mean, it just started that quick. You know, I had a diet Pepsi that I brought with me, you know, that I was still sipping on and he, he didn't drink anything. And it just like, it took over and it took over pretty fast. And you know, then we had a, you know, kind of a blowout about it because I wasn't going to stand for it. Sure. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> and uh, then they started, you know, trying to cast out the bad spirits, acting like, you know, somebody brought in a bad spirit. But I don't think that's what it was because I ran into those people on other occasions. And it's the same type of energy that goes along with them. For me, I just feel it as a heavy, uh, icky kind of energy. And I I don't know that that's true of all sex magicians, but it was true of these people that practiced it. So, so the stuff that I was experiencing in that, in that three hour span that I was with her, um, do you, do you think that that she was responsible for inciting that, or do you think that do you think that there was spirit of some sort was doing that on her behalf for whatever reason? It's so hard to really say because I wasn't there, but. I would guess that she wanted to change her appearance for you. Yeah. Be it just to play a trick or, you know, because I know I'm a tricky, tricky kind of person. You know, I'll play jokes, you know, mundanely and magically, you know, if the occasion arises, you know, I just like having fun. And a lot of witches are like that. They enjoy having fun. A lot of, a lot of witches, even though, you know, they're mature, they can still be childlike, you know, and be, uh, you know, more lighthearted and playful kind uh-huh. of people. Yeah. So, you know, it could have been something like that. You know, it's like, oh, let's see, you know, <laughs> what happens if he sees me looking like this? Yeah. You know, what will his face look like? <laughs> what will he say? You know? Yeah, that was, it was a it was a very strange it was a very strange thing. Now the arm, I don't think she had it. You know, she probably didn't do anything with that. You know, it's just probably so. a spirit there. Yeah, I don't think that was anything to do with her. Because I know, you know, I have spirits in my house, and you know, they do their own thing. So, like, you know my description of her, her dwelling, her, her space there, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a lot of darker imagery, you know, werewolves, wolf, uh, dog, man, um, dream catchers, uh, pictures. Dream catchers aren't dark. No, but, 
um, <laughs> like pictures of Loki, um, ravens. You know, everything looked like it belonged in uh, like a, a haunted house set. You mm-hmm. know, and and I imagine that that is probably stuff that she likes and she enjoys, so she surrounds yeah. herself by it. You know, right. I have I have a, a studio where I have a lot of Bigfoot stuff in it. I have some Star Wars stuff in it. I have creepy uh, masks from certain movies that I've enjoyed throughout the years. You know, it's a mm-hmm. it's a culmination of a bunch of different things that I find very comfortable to be around me, and it puts me in a mood. So, you know, it mm-hmm. allows me to delve into talking about things like what we're talking about. Uh, it's, uh-huh. It sets a tone for me, I guess. Um, it doesn't mean that I think I'm part of Star Wars or that I believe in werewolves or anything like that. But, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess my, my descriptions of that was from the standpoint of somebody who was freshly walking into that room. Um, but that's something that she lives with every day. She, every day right. when she would go into her room, that would be her thing. So those were comfortable things to her. Right. Just me being not used to that. My perception of it was like, holy crap, what are, you, what are we doing here? You know, um, I probably, like I said, I have a studio. It, that's not where I sleep. I don't think I would prefer to have those things surrounding me while I'm trying to drift off to have a good night's sleep. So, um, but I've had. See, I surround my stuff with st- similar things. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just comforting. I just, I like it. <laughs> you know, I've got the ravens, I've got skulls, you know, rosin skulls, but you know, yeah. if I could afford a real skull, I'd have one, but <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the energy, you know, it, it to me, the energy is peaceful. It's power and it's peaceful. Does it does it help keep you in a in a headspace that makes it easier for you to practice? You know, I don't and, really know. Do you know what I you know what I mean? Is, is I know that, what you mean, but I don't know if I I think if I didn't have it, I'd just be bored with my my living space. Yeah, I I just enjoy that sort of thing. You know, I enjoy birds of all types. You know, I have the ravens around, but, you know, you don't find that many other bird decorations, or right. I don't. Yeah. I don't usually. <laughs> I don't usually see the colorful birds, but, you know, you can find ravens and crows pretty easily. But, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, I like the spooky atmosphere, but I don't know that it helps my mindset. I just think I'd be bored looking around my room if I didn't have it. Right. You wouldn't because it's wouldn't, stuff I like. You wouldn't be happy with having pink walls and fuzzy hearts and pictures of uh, Sean Cassidy hanging on your wall. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I could do the pink walls if it had gothic frames of different creepy art, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, what other things are we getting? Uh, are we getting wrong? 
because of how things are portrayed. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because people like to dress in a, what would be a dark fashion or have that kind of decor, people need to be judged on their actions. You know, how the, how do they interact with other people? You know, what do they do? Do they try and, you know, crap on other people all the time? Or are they either minding their own business or actually trying to help people here and there? You know, that's what we need to be judged on and not by what we look like, what jewelry we're wearing, or, um, you know, what our house looks like, um, or what bumper sticker we have on our car that might have a pentagram on it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, that that's my thing. You know, we need, I know we're portrayed as bad and evil all the time, but, yeah, when people do it and don't claim it's entertainment when it really is entertainment. I think that's being irresponsible and actually putting a lot of innocent people in, in, you know, potential danger. People who are, you know, doing magic either because they love experimenting with the human potential, you know, okay, what can I do? You know, can I get the wind to raise? Can I, you know, get this flower to grow better? You know, can I, get more money can i get a raise you know just whatever things you know and then if you have somebody that needs healing you know trying to heal that person you know there's a lot of good that that witches do that is not talked about you know amongst the regular people you know yeah. masses it's yeah. always something dark and something bad and Can you give me some some ideas on on how like that doesn't sound right. I'm gonna say it anyway, but I did I'm not I don't mean it the way it's sounding. I'm just having a lack of words, I guess. Uh, <laughs> give me examples of of what you guys do that are for the good of everyone around. Well, uh, we don't normally get together to do like mass good. It's usually a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. But there have been people that, you know, we're getting together and, you know, doing magic to try and help, you know, the human condition here and there. Yeah. But what I think is that that's too big a project. That's why I think it doesn't do a whole lot of good. It's just too big a project. But, it, you it know, is. if somebody... Absolutely, you're right, it is. Uh, but, we, you know, like we started talking before we started recording, um, you know, I've struggled with what is the, the, the vision or the ultimate goal of why I do this show. Mm -hmm. And what I keep coming back to is, aside from the love of these kind of topics and, and the enjoyment of being able to talk about these things and hear people's experiences and and delve into all that plus having a love for conversation and, and mm -hmm. meeting new people and continuing continuing to have uh, ongoing relationships with people that I've interviewed. Um, it's, it's something that I, I think 
people need to be encouraged to have an open mind about things mm-hmm. and at the same time be a critical thinker and mm-hmm. and don't just be a sponge for what's being spoon-fed to you every night when you sit in front of the tv um, yeah you know so at first i was like when i got your email i was like oh she's she's being very kind but it sounds like i pissed her off and then my intent was not to do that obviously mm-hmm. um so I, that's why I, I was I was very interested in having you on to give your point of view from somebody who is in in that lifestyle that that practicing of 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 the things that you do from a standpoint of somebody who feels like you do you know as far as being looked at differently or um, potentially incurring the wrath of of people because of your beliefs and your practices. So mm-hmm. I think it's I think it was really good of you to agree to come on here and give your perspectives and let people have a different perspective to add to their abundant ideas of what witchers are because of Hollywood, because of scary movies and stuff like that. Um, you know, just to give somebody a different a different way of looking at let it doesn't necessarily have to be that way so that just encouraging critical thinking is is an important thing and without people like you being willing to come on and give those different perspectives they would be a lot more difficult to do so well thank you i appreciate the opportunity even though i'm nervous (laughs) talking on the podcast you've done fine i do appreciate the the opportunity to you know try and give a different perspective, you know, that it's not all one thing. You know, there might be a small percent. That's what Hollywood portrays, but it's very small, mostly teenagers experimenting. You know, they get their hands on some mm-hmm. book and decide to take it to the next level, you know. is There so, There does have to be some segment of, and I think you find this in just about anything as far as a, a belief or a uh, a practice, uh, not necessarily just witchcraft, but any number of things where there is a segment that probably do dwell and, and find happiness in doing bad. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah, you're, you're going to have some people like that. A lot of them probably need mental help, you know, that they're just not getting. Is there a, Do you guys have a label for those? I know we're not supposed um, to label people, but are are there is there a is there a label for those types? I mean, is that something that you guys make a um, make a well, concerted usually effort? I call them dabblers because most of the time the people that do that are not experienced. It's usually kids kids trying to play around, you know, with dark arts, you know, so they can see what they can get away with. And a lot of times, you know, they might start out doing bad stuff because they don't really believe it's going to work anyway. And then if it does, it freaks them out and scares them. And yeah, I think there's very few people that would, you know, just be sitting around doing dark stuff all the time or even most, you know, even half the time. Um, yeah, there's not really a word for them except that 
you know, there are people that, you know, or any community that need mental help. And I think anyone that wants to sit around harming others, you know, has got something that they need help with. Agreed. Um, There's something causing that anger that's making them want to lash out. Have you had any experiences um, that have shocked or kind of put you on your heels during during your practices? Have you experienced anything? Have you seen anything that is, you know, like manifested in front of you that has been like, okay, now um, that that was not what I was looking for. Well, um, the scariest thing I can think of offhand that I've seen was uh, my first husband and some of his friends got into a Chinese practice where they would get possessed on purpose. And uh, they were getting possessed by Chinese uh, warrior gods. And while they were in that state, they could fight good not be cut with a blade. I don't know if they could be shot or not, but they cannot be cut with a blade and they can do incredible healings. And I actually saw uh, my first husband do a healing at the time we were both working in a Chinese restaurant. One of the cooks sliced his hand wide open by accident and everybody was screaming and saying, call 911. He needs an ambulance. He needs stitches bad. And um, my husband they can get possessed really fast and he did the possession put his hand over that guy's hand and while he was doing it it healed up to just a scratch like within five minutes but his friend would be weird with me when he was alone with me sometimes he'd be visiting at our house and my husband maybe he's coming home late or whatever so he started he was wanting me to put a curse on him to test his power against a witch's power. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. He says, my spirit wants you to do it. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. He wants to test you and see who's strong. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And he started getting possessed. And the energy in that room was so powerful that it was scaring the crap out of me. And he would breathe weird and, when you know they're doing that they breathe weird and uh he had his head down but anytime i look at him he'd start lifting his head and his eyes were rolled back in his head so i'd look away and you know just try and tell myself okay nothing to fear but fear itself (laughs) (laughs) because i was refusing to try and do any kind of magic even to shield myself because i'm like that's what this wants and i don't know why it's challenging me and is it really it challenging me or is it this dude wanting to challenge me i think it was more the dude but you know wanting to play you know battle and mm-hmm. uh-uh but <laughs> i know when i'm not the stronger the two <laughs> but uh yeah that was the scariest thing because that that happened for oh a good 15 minutes and yeah i was scared i was like what is this gonna do to me you know i was really worried it was going to try and do something to me. That doesn't seem like that'd be a very healthy practice to invite a possession. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, it's, it's so bizarre because yeah, they can do so much healing with it, you know, really incredible healing, but 
and also it's amazing that they can't be cut but yeah the the spirit i don't know that the spirit was bad but it was definitely powerful yeah and i think it may have been the the fella doing it that would try and challenge me because if it was one of the spirits you would think my husband would do the same thing to me yeah that's true you know if the spirit is the one that wants it he could have easier access to me through my husband than through the friend, you know? So I think it was the friend that was probably trying to do the challenge and the, you know, he just brought the spirit in and maybe that's why nothing happened. Maybe the spirit really wasn't interested, you know, cause you know, cause he did the thing to bring the spirit in. Yeah. So. Where would but, they yeah, have, that was where would they have learned how to, to do that specifically for Chinese spirits? My first husband was Chinese, so he knew some other oh. Chinese people. And then some other Chinese guy that knew how to do this practice came to town. And, you know, some of them got all excited about it and wanted to learn it. And then my husband ended up giving it up because it was too strict. Like, they had to have a special diet, like not eat a lot of things, you know, like for a week at a time or uh, abstain from sex for, you know, a couple of weeks at a time or, and it would go through cycles. Mm. And because I'm a woman, I wasn't privy to a lot of it, but yeah. he ended up quitting it because, you know, he didn't like the strict lifestyle. He wanted to do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it'd be a very healthy thing to do. Do you find, and I asked, uh, I asked Susan this as well. Is there, is there ever a price to be paid by you for you for using the practices? I don't believe so. No, no. I think it's part of all of us. I think everybody's doing magic all the time on a, subconscious level mm -hmm. because they're unaware of it. But I think it's a, a energy constantly moving and our thoughts are creating certain things. I think the reality we live in is a consensus reality. It is the way it is because most of us believe it is. Okay. And I don't think there's a price to pay for it at all. I think it's just part of what we are. It's part of nature. Yeah, and it's just some of us have kind of said, hey, I can direct this consciously. You know, and then as a human, what possibilities are open to me? What all can I do? How can I make my life better? How can I make others' life better, you know? Yeah. Interesting. i got one more question for you. Mm -hmm. um, Ouija boards. Mm -hmm. Spirit boards. Mm-hmm. Do they work? They can. Um, the the movie The Exorcist made people think something bad's going to happen, and I noticed that since that movie, people get more bad things. But I think the reason for it is because they're inviting it. The board itself is nothing but letters and numbers. Mm -hmm. If just having letters and numbers around was going to 
conjure demons, you know, the negative spooky demons, um, wouldn't we all be in trouble in grade school when we're learning our ABCs and how to count? Yeah, on that, on that stupid on that stupid paper that had the really wide lines with the dotted line that went through the middle of it, and you had to do the uh, lowercase, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'd all be freaking trouble. But what it is is we are inviting something. And because most people are doing this for, you know, shits and giggles, I hope it's okay to say that word. That's fine. But, <laughs> but they're just like throwing a door open for anything to happen because what they're really looking for is a thrill and they're not expecting to get anything. Yeah. They don't think it's real. But there are spirits around, you know, and some spirits are like, would you throw your house door open and let anybody walking by on the street just wander in and say, Absolutely. You know, not. hey, anybody there, just come on in, you know? No, because <laughs> you can have some good people out there and you can have some not so good people out there. Yeah. And the not so good people are the ones that might say, Yeah, I'll come in. What you got to eat? What, where's your valuables? You know, let me clean you out here. You invited me. And it's the same thing with the spirits, you know, they're throwing their door open, the one that, most likely to hop in is going to be something that, you know, wants to cause trouble, you know, wants to be mischievous. Mm -hmm. So with spirit boards, if there's a woman named Karen Dahlman and she's gotten, you know, she's uh, written a book on her spirit board experiences and she's gotten all sorts of positive things, but she looked at it in a positive way and invited positive spirits to talk to her from the start. And then, you know, she's polite to them. And if she ever does get something, you know, she wasn't planning on, but it's, you know, she'll get, you know, close, close the session down, but it's really what's in your head and what you're inviting. And if you're looking for a spooky thrill, you're basically opening the door for a spooky thrill. So what would, what would your advice be to somebody who was thinking about dabbling with a, a spirit board? Well, to know what spirit you're after in the first place. Like if you're wanting to speak to a grandparent, call that grandparent specifically. Maybe have an item of theirs if you have anything, you know, or a picture of theirs sitting near the board. And focus on them, you know, with a loving intent and not just, you know, looking for the thrill. And that can let them come through. Now, it's better if you're trying to make an appointment instead of just the spur of the moment thing. So if you know you're going to do a spirit board session, you know, say Friday evening and you want to talk to grandma, you know, start a week ahead of time, just kind of talking in your head or talking out loud every now and then, you know, grandma, I want to talk to you on Friday at such such time, you know, please, you know, show up and that kind of thing. And then sit down with the session. And then when you're done with the session, thank her, you know, and, you know, thank her and say goodbye and, you know, put it away. So that way, you know, it's all. Is there, is there truth to having to properly close Uh, communication i think so i I think it's best to say thank you and and that's whether you're working with now saying thank you is bad for the uh fay apparently that's an insult to him you're supposed to tell him good job or something 
but not thank you. It's like a taboo. Not, mm. I'm, <laughs> I have not done it, so I don't know. But on every other spirit, you know, I've always said thank you. And I haven't had problems. And one thing I think people that even uh, dabble with uh, the demons that they get wrong is they either think they didn't get anything when it did show up, so they don't thank it, or it did come and they go screaming and running away without closing the session and saying thank you. And it's like, if you open it, you need to close it. So whatever you did to open it, you turn around and most of the time you do the reverse to close it, but you also, you know, say, thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for doing whatever. And if you think they didn't show up, you should still, if you're wanting them to do a task for you, say you're wanting them to help you with your relationship, you know, get a, get a, find a love, you know, and if you think they didn't show up, still thank them, you know, Give them the job and thank them because they may have been there and you just didn't know it. Yeah. And I saw one uh, paranormal show years and years ago that I think the guy's troubles happened because he thought he didn't get anything and it actually did show up. He didn't release it to go back to its own realm and it's stomping around his house without a job to do and without being you know, acknowledged and thanked and released on its way. So he kind of trapped it there. Mm. <laughs> and yet he's freaking out because, you know. Unwittingly, but. Par, par, yeah, paranormal activity is ramping up, you know, and it's because this thing's getting pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, at least release me, you know, let me go on my way. Let me go home. Mm. So, yeah, I would say, you know, closing sessions, be it spirit board or anything else that you, if you open it, close it. Probably not a great idea for somebody who's not educated at all. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the same thing with, you know, spirit boxes. You know, people use recorders and spirit boxes, and they're doing the same thing by them opening up. You're opening, you're the one opening the portal. It's not the gadget. You know, it's you. Right. And, you know, once you're done, you know, you should thank them and let them go on their way wherever they're going. Diana, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Oh, it's been a pleasure talking to you too. Did you get everything out that uh, you wanted to to the to the masses? I I believe I did, well, <laughs> or I may have missed some things. But basically, I just you know I'd like people to notice that you know a lot of things are entertainment. You know that we're not all bad, and if they would take a moment to think about you know whatever belief they have, if it was being portrayed in such a way that's not true for the most part and then they might be attacked by strangers in the street for it that they might want to just think before they go throwing people under the bus well I think one thing we should all agree on is that this world needs some more kindness in it Mm -hmm. a lot more kindness and tolerance of people because we're all we're all the same yeah. <laughs> We're all the same. We all come from the same cloth and we've all got our own things going on. So, yeah. All right. Again, thank you so much, Diana. I appreciate <laughs> thank it. Thank you.
Have a good night. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable.